0: A young perspective on hot-button issues around the world. This is The Hub.
1: Hello and welcome to today's program. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. It has been nearly three weeks since a train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in Ohio, the United States. Is it a local tragedy or an international disaster? Let's first of all take a look at how the tragedy unfolded.
2: The incident occurred at the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. The train had 141 fully-loaded cars, 20 of which were carrying hazardous chemicals. An accident occurred when the train reached East Palestine, Ohio, and caught fire. It was passing a factory when the bottom of the train began to burn. 38 cars were derailed and 12 more damaged in the ensuing fire. Five of the derailed cars were carrying vinyl chloride, a highly flammable substance. It has been linked to a rare form of liver cancer as well as other cancers, including leukemia. There are many residential areas within 100 meters of the derailment site. On February the 4th, the government issued a mandatory evacuation order for some 1,500 to 1,200 people. Two days later, the evacuation zone was expanded to cover all residents within a one to two-mile radius. Residents who were not evacuated witnessed a huge mushroom cloud. A thick plume of black smoke was visible on that day. A few days later, some 3,500 fish were reportedly dead in local waters, more than seven miles away from the site. However, the evacuation radius for local residents were only two miles. On the same day, local residents were told they could safely return to their homes. Ten days after the derailment, the U.S. Secretary of Transportation finally responded, saying in a post on Twitter that he was concerned about the impacts on the families. However, the cloud of concern is still hanging over the town.
1: Now who's responsible for this crisis? and is it now snowballing into great consequences? For more discussions, I'm joined at this hour in Shanghai by Joseph Gregory Mahoney, Professor of Politics at East China Normal University. In New York, we have Anthony Chen, former Chief Economist at JP Morgan Chase. And in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we have Anthony Moretti, Department Head and Associate Professor at Robert Morris University. Welcome, gentlemen, Professor Moretti. If I can start with you, let's look at this Norfolk Southern, which was operating the freight train. is one of the largest U.S. rail companies. Um, It has been criticized, of course, for that accident, as well as its handling of the fallouts. Some reports say that the company ignored mechanical failures before the derailment, and some say it was a lobbying even. Uh, to get a safety proposal thrown out. What does this say about the current state of U.S. rail safety and uh, the transport companies' accountability?
0: Well, I was reading a report uh, that was published on uh, Sunday. It was here in the U.S. that noted that um, Norfolk Southern and a couple of other rail companies were telling uh, their shareholders that uh, it was possible to reduce costs in order to increase profit margins, and I think those are the kinds of statements that are going to really come back to haunt companies like, Nor- or the company like Norfolk Southern, as the investigation continues to unfold, because there are going going to be consistent questions about number one, did you cut corners for safety, and number two, recognizing that deregulation intensity that exists in Washington D.C. and has for the better part of four decades. Was there not enough being done on the government side to protect uh, innocent people um, from uh, an event such as this? I fear what's gonna happen is we're gonna find out that there was a opportunity to cut costs. There also was clearly not enough um, oversight by the federal government. As a result, you have this almost perfect storm of events coming together, creating this crisis that we're still dealing with.
1: Yeah, yeah, talking about accountability, Anthony, in New York, uh, who do you think should be responsible? I mean, we remember the famous quote from Bill Clinton, the former president, back in the 90s, uh, whereby he said, uh, nothing wrong about America cannot be corrected but what's right about America. Uh, I mean, in this case in particular, who's responsible? What should have been the oversight that um, should have been in place?
3: Well, I think there's no doubt that there were responsibility on the part of uh, government and certainly on the part of the railroads what we see here is a national tragedy, which I believe uh, will eventually be addressed as people uh, basically start raising their voices and demand that both the railroads and the government do something about uh, preventing a tragedy like this from ever happening again.
1: But Anthony, uh, we've been dealing of, uh, with this issue for, for a while, I mean, uh, reports um, you know, are widespread about uh, the condition of U.S. rails, uh, aging infrastructure, roads and bridges. Um, we've seen uh, numerous reports of derailment happening at a um, you know staggering rates every year. Um, what will be the prospect of fixing this issue going forward?
3: Well, I think it's going to cost a lot of money. I think you're correct. We get, on average, uh, about 1,704 derailments every single year. Obviously, not all of them have uh, the same... Uh, uh result uh, with hazardous material uh but these derailments are occurring and that's one of the reasons why the infrastructure bill is going to be investing in trying to improve the infrastructure of these railroads the problem however is that not enough money is being allocated uh, some studies show that it cost about two million dollars for every mile to replace track and some of the track has to be replaced well, much of it has to be replaced and of course In the inner cities, that cost rises to about $300 million to replace the track. And when you see this infrastructure bill, we're talking about $102 billion. And even if you use that very low number, uh, we're talking about numbers uh, that are uh, approaching $300 billion, even at the lower cost range. So you can clearly see that even though we are taking the right steps to improve the infrastructure, the, the numbers that we're talking about are simply not enough uh, to address the problem. So it's going to have to be addressed not only by government, but also by the railroads to improve the infrastructure and also to make even greater investments.
1: Yeah, uh, Joseph, let me turn to you. Um, you know, uh, Many years ago, uh, there were talks about uh, fixing and upgrading the infrastructure, the railroad in New England. Uh, there were resistance from residents because after all, some Uh, Trains would go past the residential areas in New York, Pennsylvania, Boston areas. Um, What is the state of affairs right now and, uh, you know, really, how has Biden's infrastructure bill been implemented now that um, we have been, what, three years into the proposal of that bill?
4: Well, as was noted, the the overall uh, numbers associated with the bill are insufficient. you know, there was uh, a push for much bigger numbers, but there was steep resistance in Congress. And so, you know, he ended up getting uh, what he could. Um, we know that that Biden has been a longstanding uh, champion of the rail industry. He often made it part of his political brand uh, to, to highlight that he would, would take uh, Amtrak in from Delaware to, to Washington. Um, and, uh, you know, disproportionately rail the rail industry uh, was being awarded uh, a substantial number of, of the monies that were uh, legislated uh, for Build Back Better, uh, but uh, you know the the problem here. There are two problems here. The first is e- even with the small amount of money, which as we've said is insufficient, it still takes a long time for these projects to to get underway and to and to bear fruit. But you know the, the, we shouldn't be distracted from the simple fact that this accident. Uh, certainly wasn't helped by America's uh, decayed infrastructure, but it wasn't caused by it, right? I mean, um, it's going to take years and and much more money to fix the problem of this infrastructure, but this is really a problem of governance. This is really a problem of regulation and oversight and and corporate responsibility.
1: Yeah, Talking about governance, uh, Joe Biden obviously was in Ukraine. Uh, The Biden administration told Ohio Governor Mike DeWine that his state is not eligible to receive federal funding uh, specifically federal disaster assistance for the train disaster. Um, neither President Biden nor his transport secretary, Secretary Buttigieg has visited East Pakistan, East Palestine, sorry. Uh, but President Biden made a surprise visit to Ukraine on Monday and promised additional assistance of $500 million to Ukraine. Um, Joseph, what does they say about the, um, his priorities and from America first? Is it now America last, as some are saying? And how are Americans reacting to this? in the lead up to the, to the State of the Union speech, uh, Joe Biden
4: induced hysteria over an errant Chinese weather balloon, right? Um, this old uh, uh, film, Don't Look Up, uh, really became Don't Look Down uh, when we start thinking about the crises, the real dangers that were unfolding in terms of this, this accident. Now, in that speech, Biden uh, named China by name more than any other country, even more than the United States. And what we know is that we've had these meetings uh, in uh, Brussels and the Munich Security Council, where we've had Wang Yi from China teasing uh, a forthcoming peace proposal uh, for the crisis in Ukraine. Um, and this led uh, uh, Blinken uh, to, to go on to American television to say, no, no, in fact, uh, Russia or China is going to provide lethal assistance uh, to to uh, Russia. And in turn, um, Uh, Biden to visit uh, Ukraine, to try to shore up support there, to push back against these Chinese initiatives for peace. So it's very clear what what Biden's priorities are. It's it's very clear what he thinks is the greatest danger to America, and so he's out on those front lines. But it's also clear that Biden is now in a very difficult uh, second half of his first term. Uh, His uh, party lost control of the House. Uh, That means that his ability to do anything in terms of his domestic agenda is severely limited. Uh, He already achieved as much as he could, including what he got for infrastructure, and it's natural for him to pivot to foreign policy because that's really where his powers are unchecked and where he hopes to make hay before he faces re-election.
1: The Ohio derailment is causing uh, a public health crisis of sorts. Here's what people are saying in the area expressing fears of mass chemical poisoning. Take a listen
3: we've been talking about moving somewhere different because it's just i don't
2: want to risk it No, like literally before they even did the controlled like release the fish were already dying in the water it's like i just i don't trust that
1: i was eight miles away from where it happened and i could see the fire and what's going on and i could smell the chemicals and like it, it's obvious like something's not right. I don't know that I feel safe, because so much now has come out that there are additional chemicals that we needed to worry about. Um, now we're worried about our water supply. Now we're worried about soil contamination. So I'm not gonna say that I feel safe. We're trying
3: to get information
1: out to our citizens. Everybody's concerned, I'm
3: concerned. But, you know, it's not Norfolk Southern here, it's the EPA, the people that have been working with us, trying to get our citizens back into their home safe. That's what we need right now. We need our citizens to feel safe in their own homes. I'm very frustrated.
1: Now, as we speak, there was another chemical plant explosion injuring 14 people that is about 17 miles from the derailment site. Um, uh, Professor Moretti, the US Environmental Agency says it is now safe to return. Uh, What is your take on this? Why such discrepancy between what we've we've just heard from the public and the official perceptions?
0: Well, you know, one of the things we talked about earlier was this idea of this derailment being in part a function of the absence of uh, good governance. It's also, frankly, a uh, reaction or a response to a distrust in government as a whole. You know, for the better part of 40 years, um, Americans uh, have been, you know, sort of beaten down with this message of that government is the problem. Government can't fix this. You know, corporate America can 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 uh, can take care of itself. Um, and you know, sadly, therefore, what we see is that when the government shows up uh, in a situation like this, offering clear evidence that it can assist there are a lot of people who simply say look you're with the government we don't trust you on the other hand when media report what's going on and they report that the government says okay it it might be safe to return to your homes people turn around and say, if the government reports it, it's not accurate, it's not fair, it's part of the deep state, I don't believe it. So what you see in too many situations, and, and again, East Palestine, I think, is, is, is uh, both the, 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 the sort of best but worst example of all of this. What you see is information that should be believable, not being uh, seen as valid. And at the same time, you see an overall decay in, in uh, the trust in institutions across the board in this country. Again, government, religion, politics, uh, the media, all of these are considered to be um, infected in some way. And so as a result, when critical information that is valid is presented, it's not taken seriously. So th- this, this fear that people have absolutely understandable you know i think to me that the, the the biggest fear that that you know i keep reading about is people saying okay on the one hand you're telling me i could return to my home and on the other hand you're telling me that the water is safe but then you're telling people to buy bottled water that message seems inherently contradictory and nobody in the government has been able to provide an explanation for on the one hand test your water on the other hand, buy bottled water without people fearing like there is a deeper um, unsettled or or, un, uh, or or not being discussed truth that that they're hearing. It's it's a it's a um, awful combination of distrust in institutions and fear, justified fear in people.
1: Yeah, suspicion towards the government uh, has been. Uh, long mm-hmm. established, and now it is more salient than ever, arguably. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony, in New York, talking of American reactions, East Palestine residents have filed at least six class action suits against the Norfolk Southern, the real company. They say they lost income due to evacuations. Uh, they were exposed to cancer-causing chemicals, and they were no longer you know, safe at home. Do you see this becoming another massive landmark case like perhaps the anti-tobacco suit in 1998, or the oil spill case in 2010? Uh, what could be the social and the economic impacts?
3: Well, I think that it's uh, too early to tell, but there is one thing that is clear, and that is that the people are very angry. They are distrustful, as you just heard the professor say correctly. And then when that happens, you're going to see a real strong reaction from the American people. And so, yeah, there will be lawsuits. Uh, there'll be uh, a scrambling uh, from the companies. Uh, the railroad company certainly made more than $3 billion last year and people will be asking the question as to why are they only putting forth uh, two or $3 million uh, to try to improve or rectify the situation that they should be putting more. So all these questions will be coming up. And with regard to the testing, I agree, They're, they are doing tests. And the preliminary tests do suggest that the water may be getting safer. But I think it's still too early to say that the residents won't suffer long-term harm from from these effects. I don't think just testing the water today is enough to assure the residents that if there was some exposure, that five, 10, or 15 years from now, that they won't suffer uh, from that exposure. I think the evidence uh, is not clear on that front yet.
1: Yeah. Joseph, according to a report by Newsweek, between 1990 and 2021, there were over 54,000 derailments in the United States, which means over 1,700 a year on average. This year alone, so far, there have been over a dozen derailments. Uh, So where is President Biden's two trillion U.S. dollar infrastructure plan passed in 2021 to improve old decaying infrastructure? Um, Do you see uh, tragedies like this happening again in the foreseeable future?
4: well you know those numbers on the on the number of uh, derailments uh, come from the US department of transportation itself uh, which is to say the government knows very well that the nation has this long standing problem but has done very little to address it. and as, as was said before biden has long been a, a champion of the rail industry and the infrastructure bill Uh, From what I could see, there's a lot of confusing information about how much money will actually uh, go eventually, but but there were some estimates that as much as $66 would be earmarked uh, for the National Rail Network. Now, again, that is um, uh, very, very uh, uh, small in terms of the overall need, Um, but, you know, that's good news. Uh, But but again, it will take years uh, for the U.S. to see results. And as I said before, the, 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 the cause of this accident, and most of the accidents, has less to do with infrastructure and more to do with deliberately weak uh, regulations and, and poor enforcement of uh, private industry, uh, which has powerful incentives to cut corners. We know, for example, during the Trump administration, that um, that some of the safety features were hollowed out. That, that it was argued um, successfully that they they weren't uh, that, the, that the cost far outweighed the benefits. So, you know, I don't think we can blame this accident or or most of the others on, on infrastructure decay. And so what we really need to see is, is a more aggressive um, uh, reaction by policymakers. But you know, I think, I think where we're really going to see this as we generally do is through the courts, uh, uh, the com- insurance companies that are responsible for the payouts uh, will raise their rates uh, or require that uh, these companies uh, have safety features going forward. And unfortunately, that's the sort of reactionary uh, type of governance we have in the United States. But in the meantime, you know, the, the, the poor residents of East Palestine will uh, wait uh, a long, long time uh, to get any sort of relief, uh, uh, if any at all.
1: Yeah, Joseph, you just mentioned Donald Trump. Actually, is uh, contending for the 2024 presidency and he just announced that he will be going to Ohio. And um, is this genuine concern or has the, tra- the tragedy become a tool for politics uh, you know, in the run up to the elections? How will this incident um, help or hurt uh, Joe Biden's chances? now that his administration is also criticized, his transportation minister um, secretary is also criticized.
4: Well, you know, careful analysis, which won't be common uh, in America's uh, polarized political environment, will show there's ample uh, blame for Republicans and Democrats, including uh, uh, Ted Cruz, who, who has targeted uh, the transportation secretary, uh, in, including Cruz's uh, beloved uh, Donald Trump. Uh, that said, it's clear that Republicans are now uh, trying to exploit this disaster uh, for two reasons. Uh, first, uh, this accident area overlaps uh, two battleground states, Ohio and Pennsylvania, yeah. and uh, directly affects uh, uh, a working class area, um, uh, which both parties are, are trying to, to woo.
1: The so-called rust Belt. Uh, now, winning these states
4: is uh, critical uh, for winning the presidency. So the extent to which uh, Republicans can poison, uh, poison uh, Biden's political brand there and beyond is the extent to which uh, Republicans will treat this as a scandal. Uh, second, uh, conservative Republicans hate uh, the transportation secretary, uh, an openly gay member of Biden's cabinet, uh, who publicly married his male partner and adopted children, all hot, hot button issues in America's culture wars. Uh, and so, you know, he's often held up as a future high level leader, and conservatives will certainly try to end his career now before he rises any higher and then count coup in the culture war.
1: Yeah, well, um, let's talk with the safety itself, Um, Professor Moretti. This derailment highlights the dangerous working conditions for many rail workers in the United States. For example, Candace Wagner, a freight rail conductor who ran the governor of Pennsylvania last year, said, and I quote, more companies are running heavy trains increasingly long for profits. Um, On the other hand, they're massively slashing funds for maintenance, inspection and the workforce. Is that a true situation? Are there supposed to be more uh, oversight from uh, for consumers and the environment from relevant government agencies?
0: Well, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, one of the things that um, I think highlighted uh, the sort of neglect that many people in this part of the United States feel about Norfolk Southern is that it took the better part of two full weeks for its CEO. To come to East Palestine and talk to people about what happened. He actually bailed out of an, of an event that was supposed to happen on uh, a couple of days before that. And, and that absence of, of uh, being in town, that absence of talking to people, that absence of hearing their frustrations and their fears, in many ways is symbolic of the notion that, well, you know what? corporation can simply write a check and eh, fine, well, it'll all go away and we'll all start over and everything will be fine. That sort of, again, that sort of flippant attitude um, that we see too often in times of crisis is endemic of a situation where, again, the feeling is that we really don't want to hold too many people accountable because that is inconsistent with this idea of, of deregulation. But I think there's something else that, that Joseph pointed out that I think is, is really critical to remember here. If an event like this had happened in New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, a a, a major US metropolitan area, the response from the federal government would have been much quicker in part because the complaining and the concerns of people would have been magnified. The number of voices that would have been upset would have been magnified. And, And keep in mind that in reality, if the people of East Palestine had not been as aggressive as they were In trying to get people from Norfolk Southern to show up, in trying to get people from the uh, Environmental Protection Agency to show up, it's doubtful whether they would have as, as quickly as they did. And I say quickly, keeping in mind it was 11 days after the accident before they started to show up. You're right. The president hasn't been there yet. Secretary Buttigieg hasn't been there yet. All of these things lead to the, f- the sense that, that again, this absence of regulation is in many ways perceived by people as a simple absence of caring, um, and in East Palestine, at least, that has not gone over well at all.
1: Yeah, we'll see how this incident shapes uh, the electoral um, landscape in Ohio, a key battleground state. Uh, there's a key swing state that is crucial for for the election in 2024. Anthony, New York, Um, there's also concern that the so-called toxic cloud from Ohio is moving to other states covering the East Coast and even to Canada. Uh, On social media, some are calling this incident an quote-unquote international ecological disaster caused by more negligence and corruption by the U.S. government. Uh, Are these simply fears or is this really happening?
3: No, we certainly are hearing uh, things like that. We don't live in a vacuum. And so uh, other states uh, that may be in the surrounding area will experience that. We, you remember uh, when the Japanese uh, had a problem and their nuclear plants uh, uh, melted down, and, and you saw that some of the toxic materials were going as far as California. So I think that anytime you have a disaster, it, there is a risk that it can spread. We hope uh, that the control burned, uh, uh, tried to ameliorate that process, but we can't rule it out. Uh, these uh, chemicals will will flow, and uh, they could go to other areas, whether it be Canada, whether it be to other parts in the Northeast. These are all real concerns, and they highlight the importance of minimizing and preventing these disasters from happening in the first place. That's the important message that we all should take away from what happened. Uh, in Ohio. This should not happen again. But sadly, it probably will continue to happen again until uh, government uh, uh, either rectifies the uh, the regulations uh, that uh, took place. You've all heard that uh, Barack Obama passed uh, uh, some regulations to uh, encourage the ECP, uh, the brakes, uh, the electronic brakes. That, of course, was rescinded by President Trump. And not reinstated by president biden so clearly now even though you can't really say for sure that those breaks would have prevented this it certainly may have helped in easing some of the severity of what happened so uh, there are many people out there many players but the message should be that regulation is important when it comes to safety and you cannot compromise on safety when it comes to people's lives and the future lives of their children. This is something that yeah. we should all take to heart.
1: Yeah, the role of government, the role of state is highly scrutinized and debated again in light of this incident. Thank you all gentlemen. Thank you for joining us and fine, take care.